Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Have you ever found yourself frustrated by something you wanted to happen not coming to fruition? When you step back from that frustration, have you ever become aware that you have expectations that haven't been clearly communicated? Are you curious on how to get out of that cycle? I'm Janet Breitenbach, joined by fellow Novus Global Executive Coaches, Kristen Freyd, Jean-Marie Jobs, and John Roberts. In today's episode, we dive into a helpful distinction between expectations and agreements, what they actually are and are not, how to know when your expectations are creating frustration and resentment, and how to get out of expectation land into agreement land. If you're looking to build a meta-performing team and culture or to explore the next level of growth for yourself, learning to identify your expectations and turning them into powerful agreements is a massively important step in that process. We hope you enjoy the show. The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global forward slash book. Hello, everyone. My name is Janet Breitenbach. I'm an executive coach at Novus Global, and I am here with my fellow colleagues. We've got Jean Marie Jobs, John Roberts, and Kristen Freyd, who are all here to talk about one of my favorite distinctions in the coaching space, which is expectations versus agreements. I have been so excited to talk about this because I would say this is one of the most common distinctions, or I would say concepts that becomes very helpful for our clients. And then of course, we get the privilege and opportunity internally at our firm at both Novus Global and the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching in practicing what it looks like to create a culture where we're paying attention to what are all the expectations that we have that would be worth turning into agreements. And when we're talking about expectations, I want to make a quick distinction. I'm not talking about I have high expectations to do well. We're talking about those, those expectations that we have that usually end in frustration. So First, what is an expectation? One of the best ways, I'm going to throw it to the team in just a minute, but one of the best questions I love to ask teams when we're talking about these distinctions at trainings is where do expectations live? And typically, people answer in our heads. You don't need another person to have an expectation. I can have an expectation when I walk into a room that it's going to be a certain temperature or that the lighting is going to be a certain way. When I sit on a chair, I have an expectation that that chair will hold my weight and that it won't fall to the ground. But I would love to throw it to the team to help me define 
what is an expectation and how do we know if we have expectations? What does that look like both in the workplace and in your personal lives? Kristen, for you personally or for your clients, how do you know when you have an expectation? Yeah, so this shows up a lot more than I would realize now that I am aware of it. And the way I know for me personally that I have expectations is often where I have disappointment. (laughs) And when I feel or experience disappointment, I've learned to pause for a second and say, okay, I'm disappointed right now. So what were my expectations here? And a lot of times they were more subconscious expectations. And whether it's, for instance, a personal example is I'm a mom of three kids. And so I had spent multiple Mother's Days feeling fairly disappointed. And when I really, you know, I was tired of being disappointed. I wanted to look forward to Mother's Day. And when I really sat with, okay, well, what are my expectations here? And I could actually articulate, you know, things I wanted to do with my kids. And part of it was even I wanted to have some time to myself. But I never said that out loud to anyone. I never even admitted it to myself. And so once I knew what those expectations were, I was able to communicate them with my husband because my kids are still young. But but it was in order to avoid that disappointment that ended up really turning into resentment because I sat with it for so long. So noticing those feelings. And then even I had a client earlier this week that he used the phrase emotionally charged. He's like, I've noticed I've become emotionally charged. So we talked about, okay, when do you feel that way? Where are the patterns? Are there patterns in there? And it ended up being tied back to expectations that he had with his team. And some of them were explicit expectations that it's like, hey, this is part of your job. And some of them, and really a lot of the ones that actually caused the emotional charge were implicit expectations where it's like, yeah, I expect you to work hard. I expect you to be as gritty as I was, you know, when I first started. And so when we really started teasing apart some of these expectations, it was really eye-opening to him how many there were there. But it was it all came from that emotion. Yeah. And what you're already touching on is even noticing that an expectation sometimes is what we think to ourselves is actually just capital T true. Like this is how the world should be. Mm -hmm. This is how other people should be. This is how the situation should be. And John, I know that you've worked through that with a lot of your clients. So how has it shown up for your clients when it comes to expectations they have? And how do you help them discover that? Yeah, absolutely. I Before I jump into to sort of expectations with clients and in the workplace, it's fascinating where you jump into this conversation. So I was preparing for this as one of my favorite conversations, and I was really thinking about expectations between one person and another. And Janet, where you intro the conversation was sort of expectations with self. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wake up every day, right? And I have feelings or I I have language about how this conversation should go or how that should go or how my morning should look. So that was kind of like a shock to me. Oh, I wake up every day with feelings just with how everything should go. And then you walk into life and you begin to surround yourself with other humans. And sort of that leads us into the workplace. So I just think it's fascinating to notice where where the listener. So 
as you're listening to this podcast, are you entering it from what expectations do I have about myself? What expectations do I have about others? And I'm sure, Jean Marie, I'm sure you could go on more and more. And I can't wait to hear about the science behind the expectations we have with ourselves and why. Yeah, what I've noticed, I mean, and you asked what is an expectation initially, and I was thinking it's a picture of how the future should be. The future, my future self, maybe another human, the situation, the circumstance. There's a should caught up somewhere in there, which creates the expectation. And the shoulds often come through some of our natural assumptions that we make as a human being. And our assumptions are based on really our past experience, what we've already had happen or not happen that has informed our way of thinking and our expectations internally, informed our mindset essentially about what we can expect, what we should get, what we shouldn't get. And so oftentimes in unpacking expectations, I also like to check in, what are some of the assumptions that you were making? Something that you decided was categorically true that you've never challenged because maybe it is true for you, right? Or maybe it has 10% truth in it. It's maybe not true for the other person. And that's where it gets fun and challenging to tease them apart because most of our assumptions we're blind to by definition. They're, you know, it's biology. Our, we are naturally doing it. And it's not as if all assumptions are bad, of course, or wrong. We have to make some just a function. Like you said, I assume the chair is going to hold my weight. I expect it to. Surprise, sometimes it does not. And there's also the reality of the assumptions that I'm making. I'm often blind to, and I assume very simple things. I assume other people are working off my definition of friendship. And then I find out, oh, wow, no, that didn't feel friend to me. And I have had the experience I've felt betrayed before, but really I betrayed myself because I had an expectation that I never articulated and then it didn't happen. And then I felt betrayed, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what I love about that is you took out the moralizing of it as yeah. well, right? It's not good or bad if you have an expectation. So by no means should you be thinking, oh, I, sh I shouldn't have expectation. Ironically, even the word should <laughs> is one of the best breadcrumbs to where I might have an expectation, like you said just like yesterday coming back from Detroit, getting off the airplane, I expect that people should wait their turn to get off the airplane. But that often does not happen. No. <laughs> <Yeah. And> <laughs> noticing that was really helpful because it's like, why am I so frustrated right now? It's like, oh, and again, not good or bad, but oh, that is the root of the frustration that I'm feeling. And by the way, if I want to feel frustrated, then I'll keep doing that. <laughs> but I think a lot of our clients are looking for ways to like get out of that frustration and have a level of alignment and clarity, especially when it comes to going after big goals with a team yeah. in the workplace, big vision. So John, how have you right. seen that played out with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I want to highlight something Jean Marie said is these are natural everyone has them. Jean Marie, I guess, I guess I could choose to live a life with no expectations, right? I could expect nothing from anyone and I could go hide away in a cave and maybe that would keep me safe. Um, well, that's another set of assumptions. 
I mean, yeah, you, kinda, you sort of can't but, get out of your biology. But <laughs> in the work that we do, you know, yeah. we're thinking about growth. We're thinking about expanded vision. And then immediately, now your expectation and vision for how things should go are rubbing up against someone else's. And we have all of our history and our past. And when you start thinking about the workplace, I want you to start thinking about expectations for how how offices are supposed to be set up for what efficiency looks like, for how a meeting is supposed to run. One of my favorites is, you know, what is your expectation of a successful meeting? Is it where we're wrestling, we're interrupting, we're going back and forth, we're disagreeing? Just spoiler alert, that's how I love to do it. But some other people might have the expectation of it should be cordial, we're all on the same team, it should feel friendly, we should not interrupt, we should respect. And Jean-Marie, you said, I think you're masterful at this, which is you move past the good, bad, right? You get past the morality of it. And I think in the workplace, that's actually a skill. And so Janet, as our listeners are listening, my, my best advice on this subject is slow down and notice, slow down and notice how you're feeling. I think feelings, feelings and words are probably the two greatest indicators of expectations for me. How am I feeling and what words am I using will reveal. And then if a team, you say two people, that's a team, and then all the way up to however many, every time you add a person, you're adding expectations. And so the, the idea of, of building an effective team, how good at you are, are you at noticing them? How effective are you at noticing them? Um, and so I encourage a lot of my clients to just slow down. And I, I have a business story from today that I'm happy to get into. And they both work on the same team and they both have wildly different expectations around what is right, what is true, what success looks like. And so they want to engage in the moral conversation. Who's right, who's wrong, who's doing it right. And what I love about coaching is that we get to go in and we get to slow it down and get to say, first off, what's the vision? And spoiler alert, there wasn't a united vision. And so, frankly, I could care less about the who's right conversation until we know what we're trying to do together. And so they left with homework individually to go and think up what theirs would be and then come back and then we'll share expectations. But then once we do that, then we can, then the ground is at least set. We at least know the data that we're working with. And then probably later in the conversation, we'll get into what then, right? Then you get to make agreements and then you get to keep agreements or not. And so that one, Jan, is the one that's most on my mind right now. The two sessions were some of my favorites I've had in a while because there's so much room for possibility that's going to come from that. And so. Yeah. Well, and I just want to highlight something you said because it's not connected to a vision. Usually what I'm noticing is when clients or myself I'm living in an expectation. It's usually disconnected from a clear vision. And it's usually vague. Most of my expectations that create frustration within me are vague. So my husband should take me out on dates regularly. First of all, regularly is very vague. <laughs> and it is a it's not connected to a clear vision. Like what's my vision for how Ryan and I want to craft our dates or stay connected or, you know, so into our intimacy and whatnot. It's just living in this moral category of this is what husbands should do, which 
as you can imagine, if you're listening right now and going, yes, my husband should do that, then you might not be listening with the right ears. And just to notice, uh, like everyone's saying, slow down, notice what will that create? You can probably imagine now when I'm living in that expectation, what dynamic it creates between my husband and I. If you're listening to this and you want to become a master, and I would invite all of you to become masters of noticing your expectations, pick any relationship, work, personal, romantic, and just begin to write down in your phone or on a piece of paper, write down all the things that you think that they should do. Maybe because that's how you were raised or because that's, write it all down. Think of a coworker, write down how they should be acting and then don't go use that as a weapon, but use that as a starting point to this conversation. And then hopefully by the end of this conversation, you should get so excited about, oh my goodness, I get to go do something with this. Hi, my name is Mike Park, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training, tools, and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development, both professionally and personally. It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching to fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute. Awesome. I love that. This becomes more powerful the more you actually interact with it rather than just listen to it and think, wow, that's a great idea. We talk a lot around here on turning insight into action and so you may be thinking of the five people in your life who have expectations on you that you're frustrated with. And my invitation would be to actually look inward right now and consider where do I have an expectation or what we sometimes like to say, where am I living in expectation land that's creating frustration, that's maybe vague, not connected to vision, that is perpetuating results in my life or experiences in my life that I am dissatisfied with. Just wanted to jump in and to add to that piece. I think the other subcategory that's helpful if you're looking at expectations is also then to just ask yourself, what am I assuming is true about that person? They hate me. They don't want me to win. They're we're on separate teams. You know, we think super differently. Just notice and, and account for some of your own assumptions that you haven't perhaps tested with that person and add those to your list to, again, elevate your awareness and give you more resource as you're exploring and teasing apart some of the assumptions and really some great conversations that could be coming in your future. That's so good. Yes. And so from there, I think that's one of the most important pieces because it's hard to go to an agreement if you first don't actually notice what your expectations, your assumptions are, some of those thoughts. So it requires you to somewhat turn up the dial on some of those inner dialogue that you have. So, and before we move to agreements, John, do you have an additional thought on that? Yeah, I just want, this is almost like a encouragement or an exhortation that the more you practice writing down and speaking your expectations, the easier it gets. This is not a knowledge concept. This is not something, oh, well, I know it now. This is mastery. This is skill. This is practice. And then probably before we shift into to agreements, I would say the most loving thing you can do 
for your team or your romantic partner is to speak your expectations out loud. It is the healthiest thing you can do for your relationship. And it's going to be uncomfortable and you're not going to be good at it. But through practice and frankly, it's addictive for teams. When they see their leader doing it, they start stepping up and your teams will become more resilient. Your teams will become closer knit. And so so then the question becomes, all right, if I don't want to live in expectation land anymore, first of all, what is an agreement? At the very beginning, we asked, what is an expectation? I asked, where do expectations live? The answer often is in my head, meaning I'm not saying it out loud. I'm just living in it. And when we're teaching this, often I'll ask the question, where do agreements live? And you know, just to just put it out there right away, agreements typically live out loud, written down, even a contract, a marriage certificate is a form of an agreement, a contract between vendor and partner, whatever it is, it is something that involves two parties, whereas, whereas an expectation I can have all by myself, an expectation requires an agreement, a form of a commitment and it's usually specific. So just like expectations are usually vague, agreements are usually specific and often connected to a vision. So Kristen, I've heard you give some great examples in the past of what, what an agreement looks like and how you've moved from an expectation to an agreement. Can you share a little bit about that? This was so life-changing for me in our household, even as I entered into the coaching space and with Novus Global too, is my husband and I are constantly, constantly coming up with new agreements for our family and how our family operates. Some of it was agreements around schedules. I mean, we're constantly iterating that as well as, you know, kids are in school, kids are out of school, who's picking up when. My When my schedule's more full, we talk through it. Hey, this month is going to be really busy, like, you know, more so than usual. So one of the agreements was even how we communicate. Are you okay with this? How do you feel about this? What do you need from me in order to not feel resentment? If and when you do feel resentment, will you agree to communicate that to me immediately versus sitting on it? And then he would come back with requests that he had. So a lot of it had to do with requests. And then even our time outside of work, he's very extroverted I am not. And so he kept scheduling social things. And I'm like, I am just tapped out. This is too much for me. So we came up with an agreement of you can schedule something social every other Friday instead of every weekend. And they may seem small, but they have absolutely changed the dynamic in our house. They have changed the dynamics of how we communicate, how we relate to each other, because then we have more joy with each other. There's more peace in our household. We know exactly what page we're on with each other. And if and when there's ever any confusion, we talk about it. So it's it, I've seen it lived out in my life, which is why I'm also so excited to talk about this on this podcast, because watching this play out in one area of your life gives you practice for every area of your life, whether it's practicing at work for home, practicing at home for work, and it just, it really can be so life-changing. Yes. And a follow-up question, and this goes to both Kristen and Jean for a second, because I can just imagine people listening right now, because I've actually heard this question or this pushback when it comes to 
moving from expectations to agreements, especially in romantic or marital relationship, I've heard, well, that's not so romantic if I have to say it out loud. So what's your pushback? And Jean, I'd love to hear from you because you have a very successful long-term marriage. So I'd love to hear, like, what's the pushback to, well, I shouldn't have to say it or they should just know, or that's not very romantic if I have to ask for what I want. What would you say to that? I would say that's fantastical mind reading skills that no one has. So, (laughs) I mean, really, let's create something together. I really love, John, what you said about it's the loving thing to do. And what if being explicit in making a request, asking for what you need, creating an agreement, is actually a space that you can be heard and the other person can be heard. And being heard itself is such a powerful experience that many of us don't have a lot of experience with at work or at home. It's becoming more and more rare in my experience, just noticing that. And I think it's pretty fair to say that with the coming on the other side of the pandemic, the workplace has changed dramatically for everyone and in some ways created maybe even more expectation because of the distance than was there when people were more often face to face. I don't know that's categorically true. I just know listening to my clients that it's a different game for a lot of people than they've ever played before. And so it is fraught with other expectations and assumptions. And, you know, I've been married 30 years. So there's certain things that my husband knows about me. And guess what? I change. I don't always want the same things. Neither does he. And if I make an expectation, well, you always want me loaf on Fridays, that's not even being present with him. Right? That might work for a Friday. But (laughs) exactly, exactly. I love that. And what that brings to mind is my next question, which is really why might we avoid getting clear, going from an expectation to agreement? What are some of the payoffs and costs of doing that? Why might it be a natural human tendency to avoid it? And this goes out to anyone who wants it. Oh, I'll jump in. (laughs) There's so many. There's so many reasons. (laughs) Yeah. As you were asking it, it was like, that's way too vulnerable. What if I'm wrong? What if they don't like it? What if I don't get what I want? Like, let me stay in this warm fuzzy of I am right and they should do it my way. And it's like being the first person to lay your weapon down, right? It's always like leadership is so interesting. Leadership is the invitation to go first, right? And it's like, but that's not fair. And it's like, yeah, it's not. And We're not going to, as coaches, we don't force you to change. We don't force you to grow. We don't force you to believe what we're saying right now. But as I'm listening, often I see people so stuck and I go, are you willing to give up whatever you're doing right now for the future that might be, right? And that's, that's really the invitation is whenever your brain wants to go to them, turn it around on you and go, am I willing to face all of these costs? You know, I listed four or five. I would love to hear what Jean and Kristen see as the reason why people don't go this. But yeah, Jean Marie, what do you, what do you see? I think ultimately it's an ownership question because whenever I notice for myself, whenever I'm in, this isn't fair, that's already a victimized perspective about what's possible and what's not possible. And 
what shouldn't be. There's an embedded, this shouldn't be in that not fair. And so I think connecting to leadership to this conversation, leadership is empowerment and empowering others. And yes, absolutely going first and using your agency, which means you're going to make requests. And yes, sometimes you will get denied and you're going to create agreements and you're going to be specific for the bigger picture, right? For the bigger picture that's available. And it's really easy to do things the way I think they should be done because that's how I've always done them. And I think it's an easy trap for leaders to get into to, in in a sense, hire an army of clones. Let me just find a bunch of people that think the way I think, that do things the way I do them. So this is going to be easier when time and time again, that has been proven the least effective, least innovative, creative path to running a business. So I think there's a lot of internal resistance I've noticed personally and I've seen with my clients to just saying the thing, putting it out there. What is it that you want? And then having a conversation about it. Because maybe the way I see it isn't actually the only thing possible. That's so good. And Kristen, I want to hear from you as well, like either for yourself or for clients, where's the rub or the resistance to going from an expectation to an agreement? John mentioned it, but I think it's so prevalent that I'll just reiterate it is that I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I want. And I that shows up so strongly. And the funny thing is the reality is if you just put place your expectations on people, you're not going to get what you want anyway, because people naturally resist that. Because mm-hmm. really what I'd love is for people to be in my head, know exactly what I want, you know, execute it with joy and all the things. And it's just it's not realistic. So to be able to enter into an agreement and have both people put their word to what's going to happen, I'm going to have a higher likelihood of getting the result that I want, or at least closest to it, than if I just dug my heels in and sat in the expectation of what I want. Because then really, most times it's going to leave me disappointed or resentful. Chances are then they're going to be resentful because there's this kind of spiral effect that just goes back and forth between when I'm acting out of disappointment and resentment and then they're, they have expectations on how I should be. And so then they respond with disappointment and resentment and it just keeps spiraling and snowballing to the point where it's a mess. And this is what we've seen so much with teams that aren't willing to enter into these conversations and aren't willing to test out their expectations, get them out on the table so that people can actually come to an agreement with each other. Yeah, let me add, that's very expensive too, because that hits the bottom line. Like if you're talking about return on investment, these conversations and the unwillingness to have them, as you were saying, Kristen, become energy sucks, right? And they're very Mm -hmm. expensive. So it depletes the energy you have to engage in the work that you're there to do because all of your energy is getting siphoned off into these internal spins. So it also becomes very expensive to the bottom line. So I just wanted to pop in with that. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say, Kristen, you should coin a phrase cycle of expectations or the terrible cycle of expectations and some sort of cyclone going down. Jen, I want to talk about, I was thinking more about why don't we naturally do this? And I'm thinking about leaders and CEOs and time. Like there, there's this made up expectation that to create agreements, it's time, it's slow. And here's what's funny. There, it, that's actually true. 
Like to start, I find that both people have to share, we have to listen, we have to ask questions. And so I often see people actually choose to continue living in their expectation zone because they, they don't want to take the time to do it, when in reality, it's taking them so much more time. So if you're a leader out there, maybe think about where are you choosing to not slow down, to not speak your expectations, to not make agreements because not enough time, there's not enough time. If, if you find those, every single one of them is an area for upgrade. And as Jean Marie's saying, lots of money saved or created. Yeah, it's the slow down to speed up concept here. Absolutely. I think it's the illusion of I'd rather just tell the people who work for me what to do and not create an agreement. That's going to be way faster. And then we're frustrated and confused when they're not doing what we tell them to do. Recently with an SVP at a very large company who had about 50 direct reports. And he kept coming back to me with, Janet, I've given this person feedback over and over and over and over again. And he's still not applying the feedback. And I said, what's the feedback? And he said, well, he keeps showing up late. And I tell him, yeah, and I give him the feedback about that, but he keeps doing it. I said, well, tell me about the conversation. And he said, well, I told him, dude, be on time. And I was like, great. <laughs> That's a command, be on time. Did he agree to that? It doesn't sound like a request. It sounds like you told him that and he's probably shaking his head and then going off and still has his stories about why he won't be able to. And so after that conversation, he went to him. He said, hey, I want to have a conversation. I realize that I've been expecting you to show up on time to these meetings. And I'm wondering if, you'd be, if you would be willing to commit to being on time which of course led to an open back and forth because he said, actually, I can't commit to that because I'm also committed to finishing out these other projects that you have assigned to me that I'm also committed to. And I have a lot of energy towards that. And oftentimes last minute things pop up with our clients. And then they got to go back and forth and get clear on what is more important and what was the purpose or the why behind being on time for those meetings. And then they came to an agreement and then the conversation after that became so much easier because now it's, hey, would you be willing to? He says, yes, I'm committed to being on time for those meetings. And as you can imagine, his level to which he was showing up on time massively increased. And of course, the level of trust and connection between the two of them. So this is that's just a perfect example of it, it took a little bit <laughs> to slow down. Before now, they're getting more done in less time. So it's that slow down to speed up, like Kristen said. If you want to make the most of your life, you've got to learn how to manage your energy. And if you want to manage your energy, you have to know what motivates you. That's why Novus Global created a free assessment to help people around the world discover what's motivating them and how to maximize that to accomplish everything they want in life. Novus Global's motivation assessment helps you understand the five different motivators everyone experiences and which of those five are most powerfully affecting you in your life and leadership. This free assessment includes your results and an ebook describing the five motivators and how to make the most of your personalized results. To take the assessment, go to novus.com global forward slash assessment. That's novus, N-O-V-U-S dot global forward slash assessment. It's time you finally created a life that is deeply satisfying and energizing. So go to novus.global forward slash assessment to take our free motivation assessment today. I would love to also give some examples to really help set everyone listening up for success so that you can start to be aware, like, where am I living in expectations? 
And I know John and Jeannie both have examples of that. John, what are some ways we can provide value for those listening so that they can really start yeah. to pay attention to where those expectations live? Yeah, once again, I'll probably go broad. So, so hopefully Jean Marie can go more detailed, but I just want you to think about when you're even applying for a job, what are the expectations for my role? What are the expectations for, like, we're so good at the beginning and even think about the beginning of the year. What are my goals for this year? What do you expect of me to do? We're so good at that. And then we put it away, right? Instead of continuously coming back to it. As a team, what are the expectations for how we will treat each other? What are the expectations for, will we give each other feedback or not? Is that an expectation that we have? That's culture, right? I, to me, a culture is the accumulation of all the expectations we have. And then I think a healthy culture is where we make agreements out of that versus we all just live in the way we think it should. And so there are expectations everywhere you look. Um, Jean Marie, do you have any, any detailed scenario that you could share more on? Yeah, I was thinking I've actually have a personal one where I became aware of some of my expectations with somebody that was working for me. And we went through this season of they're doing all this communication work, et cetera, for me. And I kept noticing that if a client, an external party reached out, the time frame that she responded in for me seemed too, too late, too long. It was over 24 hours. And I mean, I will admit it is my pet peeve. And <laughs> so we get on the phone and I said, okay, I'm, help me understand what's going on here because you haven't responded. This has happened multiple times. This really is frustrating for me because I think it's, can, this is part of our values. This is an expression of care. And she said, oh, okay, you give me 99 things to do and I do 88 of them and I feel like you pick the three that I miss and bring them to me. I was like, that is a fair assessment. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, what do I say? So I said, okay, I appreciate that. So let me, what I realized I hadn't made clear is I hadn't made clear that that specific thing connects directly to our values. And that is why it's important. So when you're looking at your 99 things, what I would love to float to the top are anything from an external party. Because that to me is the, our face to the people we serve. So she was like, got it, clear. And it was that simple. What I love about that is that you both had different ideas and getting specific was that which leads to the idea again that expectations typically are vague. So she had an idea of an expectation of this is what I turn in, by when, for who, and you had a different idea. So that's great because that's so common. John, did you have additional thoughts on that? Yeah, I just, I don't know how everyone else thinks. I think very like a puzzle. To me, this entire conversation has been a puzzle. We started out with first noticing expectations, and then once you notice them, can you speak them? And then once you speak them, can you agree? And we're getting to the point where like, I'm over here celebrating because it's like we're getting near like a well-oiled machine of a relationship or a business where agreements are being made and kept. And then I just want to add this note, the minute that you have created agreements in your life, likely there something will disrupt them. You're going to look at your phone. You're going to get a text message. You're going to get an email. So 
Let's say you got your entire day figured out, agreements made, you're ready to have the best day of your life. I bet you within 10 minutes, something will disrupt that. Which once again, what do you choose to do with the disruption? You're often gonna have to realign, you're, all, you're often gonna have to speak about that. So this isn't, I think too often, we want it to all work. We wanna get our goals and expectations and agreements clear at the beginning of the year and then never change. No, we live in a changing world. People's emotions change, we evolve and we reinvent ourselves. And so keep coming back to it, notice the frustration when new information enters your life and then take, take action on it. But I was just gonna, something Gene, where you said about your example that I really think we should highlight is the role curiosity plays in the conversation. So very similar to our feedback process is when both parties come into the conversation with that open mind with the curiosity. And there have been moments where I'm like, I need to calm down a minute before I actually go into this conversation, especially if it's leading from disappointment or frustration or annoyance. But like Jean, Marie, even in your example, you both wanted the same thing. You both wanted your business to run smoothly and be successful. So it is tying back to that vision. But with both of you going in with that open mind and curiosity, you're able to come up with the most, you know, cohesive and creative solving of the problem that you've laid out on the table. So I just, yeah, that was a good notice. Thank you. Yeah. And I had to, for me, I had to shift from my assumption that everybody sees things the way I see them. And of course, that is the right way to see them. And why does this keep happening? I just shift from that assumption to what are they seeing? That's the curiosity piece. What are they seeing that I'm not seeing that is creating this other dynamic and in a sense, giving that person the benefit of the doubt like they're probably not trying to tank the whole business they're probably doing they're probably doing the best they can so what are they seeing that i'm not seeing or what have i not made clear that i thought was clear only because it was clear to me that's good and just to wrap up here if you're still thinking through what's the difference is it is one better is one not again we want to invite you to take away any of the moralization and give you this language so at least now you can verbalize with, for yourself or with others what's happening when you are frustrated. And oftentimes when we present this distinction and we talk through it, I will get the question, well, what happens, Janet, when then we do make an agreement and someone breaks it? That is not for today's episode, but we do actually have another on-coaching episode on honoring your commitments and integrity. So we invite you to check that out. That is the next step. But often this is the first most important step. And humans tend to love following through on things they commit to rather than things that they are expected to. So we want to give that tool for you, that new language, so you can begin to sniff out where is this frustration coming from. Any uh, last thoughts from, from the team as we wrap up today? I'd love to close us off with another Jean-Marie phrase. Jean-Marie, you just said, everyone sees it the way I see it, right? Once you got off of that, your life changed forever, at least in that instance. And I think that phrase is one of the milestones or one of the mountaintops that leaders achieve. They build their system thinking everyone sees it the way I do. And then the minute that they you know, cross that out, they put that thought to death and they go, oh no, I see it one way. My team of a thousand see it all their way. What's the aligned and agreed upon way of seeing it that's gonna help us all win the biggest? That's a beautiful moment. 
often their development and others skyrockets. And so that's probably where I would end for myself. I would offer a call to action, essentially, is I would love to challenge all the listeners. Like, what is one agreement you can enter into or one conversation you can enter into an agreement for this week? And we'd love to hear about it. So once you have that conversation, we'd love to hear the outcome. Yeah, that would be fun. And I think I'm going to add to that. I'm going to tag team on you, Kristen and John, that the other piece is as you start to elevate your awareness of your assumptions, what do you notice? Take Keep track of it. What am I noticing? Do my assumptions have a certain pattern or a certain flavor? Or what can I learn about myself as I'm exploring my assumptions about myself and about the people that I'm with? And how can that take me to the next level? And how can I explore that with a coach, with my coach, with my team in order to upgrade my leadership? That's beautiful. Thank you, Jean Marie, John, Kristen, for your contributions. And for those of you on the edge of your seat wondering, yes, Ryan and I did create a clear agreement to have once a month dates where he initiates and make plans for me so I can get out of decision fatigue. So don't you worry your little head. We figured it out. All right. Thank you all for listening. And if you have questions about this, obviously reach out, go to our website, novus.global. We love this conversation. We love, love, love helping create teams and cultures that can create alignment and help them get more done in less time with higher satisfaction. Have a great day. All right. We have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you wanna be a coach, or maybe you already are, and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew MacPal and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.